Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. And we are brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with the top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And on today's show, we have Richard Orme from Barbecue Gourmet. Hello, Richard. Good day, gentlemen. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Good to speak to you, Richard. Yeah, good to speak with you too. How are you doing? Yeah, fine, thanks. Fine. Good. Um, can you just start off by introducing yourself to our listeners, please? Yeah, sure. So my name's Richard Orme. I'm the founder of Barbecue Gourmet. Um, the company was set up. Well, really, we started trading at the beginning of 2014, um, and uh, we've started from living in my sitting room and garage to now we have a fairly big warehouse, and it just keeps growing and growing. So, um, as uh, Dan said during the intro, um, we import the, the top competition-winning rubs and sauces, um, accessories, things like that, injections uh, from the United States. And um, we're now supplying, well, retail everywhere from Finland all the way to Greece and Malta. And we've now got a, nearly a dozen uh, wholesalers all um, throughout Europe. But we're supplying now a lot of farm shops, delis, uh, butchers, uh, garden centers um, with, you know, barbecue rubs to go along with their barbecue displays. And, and that part of the business is, is growing very rapidly as well. Awesome. You've done so well, so so quickly. Well, it's uh, it's taken some time. I mean, the first year we were really focusing on the retail, getting the website up. Um, we're now at the moment on eBay and Amazon, and not just Amazon UK, but all four of the Amazons, so Italy, Spain, Germany, and uh, France. Um, that part of the business on the retail side is growing rapidly. Um, but uh, since the start of last year, uh, 2015, We've started getting into the wholesale, and we're starting to get some traction in that area as well. So um, you'll you'll see occasionally on Twitter somebody says, "Oh, I know those rubs or whatever," because they've spotted one of our display stands in their local garden center or things like that. Um, but it's it's all part of an effort, really, just to get the the word out to the whole you know UK market, uh, the you know Great British public, to make them aware of what real barbecue is. Personally, I'm just you know, sick and tired of going to a barbecue and finding a a cremated sausage burnt in the open and yeah. having a cold <laughs> yeah. barbecue, you know. Um, Hopefully you guys will keep the UK steering away from that. <laughs> well, it's it's an education process. Um, it really is. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of British public know a great deal about, you know, they know what barbecue sauce is and they've got preset ideas as to the flavor profile of barbecue sauces. It's sweet, it's smoky, all that sort of thing. But the vast majority of the British public have never heard of such things as rubs. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, an alternative name for them is dry marinades. They don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. Um, so it's, you know, when we go to retail shows and 
We do a few around our local area. We'll be at Girls Talk again this year. We've been there for the last two years, and uh, Girls Talk in in Bristol this year is, well, Bristol is probably one of our best shows ever uh, each year, but we're also going to be at the Bath and West Show and Badminton Horse Trials, um, hoping to be at the uh, the Big Meat Barbecue in August, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, hoping to be there, and... Um, but combined with that, we're at things like uh, next week, we're going to be at the Farm Shop and Deli Show in the NEC. Uh, we'll be at Olympia for the second time in October, I think it is, for the Specialty and Fine Food Fair. Um, so those are the shows that we sort of target, the, the wholesale market and uh, the independent retailers and stuff like that. But the more successful we are in those areas, the more people generally become aware of you know, the existence of barbecue. And personally, I've been very heartened by, you know, just in the last 18 months or so, the number of barbecue restaurants that have opened up around the UK. And we're getting more and more competition teams out there, um, some very good ones as well. And um, so we do whatever we can to, you know, support the overall drive and increase public awareness of, you know, real barbecue. Um, it's also fascinating to see what's happening over in Europe. Uh, there's some parts of Europe that are really taking off. Um, Denmark and Sweden, Netherlands has been going for quite a long time, as I'm sure many people are aware. But um, the place that really is taking off like a bomb is Italy. I'm just amazed at how well Italy is doing. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, of mo- lot more teams forming up there. Um, some of them are you know, good enough that they're starting to appear in competitions over in the States. Oh, awesome. Um, so, yeah, Italy is taking off in a big They've way. They've got the barbecue bug in a big way. It seems like it. Um, obviously, they're getting sick and tired of pasta or something. Yeah, I don't know. pasta and pizzas. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, no, there's a lot of good teams there. Um, we're dealing with, um, you know, one big chain of garden centers down there that's really realizing what a huge market there is down there. Uh, and we've been getting some big orders as they've been trialing it in a couple of their stores. But if the, this latest trial goes well, they'll be rolling it out to 20 garden centers across the country. Oh, awesome. Um, so it's, you know, it really is a taking off down well. Exciting very times. Well down there. It is exciting times. I mean, Denmark's getting better, you know, getting bigger and bigger. Netherlands, you hear more and more of Germany and even France taking it up. Um, Sweden, I'm sure many people are aware there's a lot of competition seem to be happening up in Sweden and a lot of people are getting into it. Finland, I'm surprised how many retail customers we've got up there. Hmm. Um, so, and the other area I've heard good things that may be taking off in the not too distant future is Hungary. Yeah, I've heard that uh, the scene's starting to really pop off over in Hungary, which is yeah. really cool. Well, it, it's good. I mean, they've got the, you know, the cultural background in some ways for it because, um, you know, uh, smoking and um, making sausages and cold meats and um, charcuterie um, has, has traditionally always been a big thing. It's almost been a, like a family affair for many families over yeah, in Hungary. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm actually working with a Hungarian friend of mine who lives over near me here in the UK, and um, he's been making sausages to his old family recipe for, for years. Now he's trying to set up a, a bit of a business here in the UK, and I'm trying to work with him to come up with a um, a formula of sausage for you know slow, low and slow hot smoking barbecue. Mm, um, nice. The the first um, 
the first trials worked out really well. Um, I've got to do a second batch because, to be perfectly honest, I think I overcooked the first batch. Um, but, um, yeah, so far they're looking good. And uh, in a couple of cases, we're, well, we're trialing out, you know, their traditional, um, you know, Hungarian recipes with, you know, fair quantities of very good quality paprika, you know, in the sausage. Yeah. Um, but we're also trying beef sausages and combinations between beef and pork, some including some of the um, the Oak Ridge uh, barbecue range of rubs that we, oh, nice. we carry. Um, and one or two of those, of well, one or two, to be perfectly honest, no, I think we need to work on that a bit more, but several of them, just the first cut, uh, they, they're stunning. Um, you know, beef sausages with, you know, Black Ops brisket rub, yeah, mixed in them. The Oak Ridge um, seems to it, just be blowing off around the world. Everyone seems to be absolutely falling in love with it. Yes, yeah, a lot of chat about it online all the yeah, time. Yeah, which, which one's that? The, the, the Oak Ridge, just the whole the whole yeah, range. The, of the whole Oak Ridge range. I mean, I know Mike Trump very well, and uh, the range he produces, and I know how he works. Um, he's fanatical about his quality, um, and uh, some of the rubs he's producing. You know, one of the premises when we bring something in, it's you know, you've got to be able to taste the meat up under it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really don't see the point of just cauterizing your mouth. Um, but, you know, I'm not a hothead, but I can eat, you know, Oak Ridge's Habanero Death Dust and their Crucible Ghost Chili Rub. Um, and they're not really like blow your head nice off, though. They're flavor. flavor. Yeah, they're, exactly. That's it. They've got a lot of they've flavor really in there. they good flavor. Yeah. Yes, they're hot, but they get to a plateau and they just stay there. Yeah. They don't just keep getting as you're eating them hotter and hotter and hotter. No, you get all these um, hot sauces and stuff like that yeah. and rubs and you put them in your mouth. You can't taste a thing. And there's yeah, no flavor. You can't taste a thing and that's it. Yeah, it where is. It doesn't make sense to me at all. No. So, um, but, you know, when we're picking products, you know, that's one of our main premises is you've got to be able to taste the meat under it. So we've got a few hot products, but very, very few. I mean, the hottest we do in the way of rubs really, I think, is, is the. Oak Ridge Habanero Death Dust, the Crucible Ghost Chili Rub. Uh, we've also got a couple of other hot ones from the likes of OBQ. They've got yeah. their um, Yankee Blaster and um, a couple of other quite hot rubs. Um, but most of them, for the most, you know, and also the Dizzy Pig range, there's a couple of hot ones in there. You've got Jamaican Firewalk. Um, you've got, uh, well, what's the other one? Uh, forgot the name of it, but um, that's quite a hot one as well. I'm not surprised you have so, such a large product range. I'm surprised yeah, you yeah, so many on there. Part of the problem, <laughs> I forget the name. And <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible just scrolling through the website. If you go on to barbecue gourmet dot, uh, and literally scroll through, sorry, barbecuegourmet.co.uk and scroll through the product range, there's just so much available on there. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that you've got the like, OBQ Sweet and Heat, which is Jackie Waite yeah. mentioned. That yeah. was one of her favorites, and yeah. she wasn't sure where she could get it. And then we looked on your site, and there it is. So yeah, it's going straight in my basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I get this complaint on Twitter on occasion saying, I've just been on Barbecue Gourmet and spent over £100, yeah, but I can't afford easily it. Easily done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, offer credit? Oh, we'll have one of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that's it like stuff like for instance just I'm going to say it again like the Oak Ridge range you see it and then you just want everything from it so you end up ordering like the whole range and it's like <laughs> yeah, I can't afford this and then whilst oh, no, you're there you then see I mean, like something they are else really brilliant rubs and totally yeah. different and I mean you know unlike a lot of rubs which got a, have got a high salt content with the exception of the Santa Maria grill seasoning within the Oak Ridge range all of the Oak Ridge 
barbecue rubs. You can put on the meat and you can leave it on there for extended periods, you know, overnight, 24 hours, not a problem, because it'll be the flavor that soaks into the meat, not the salt. Um, I've tried it with a few other rubs, um, you know, that it we carry. It cures it overnight sometimes if mm. the salt yeah, contents. Yeah, well, if, you if, you, if it's too salty, what soaks in is not the flavor, it's the salt. And yeah. It's not nice. Um, so Oak Ridge is really good, and we're, we're making some good traction in the catering area with uh, Oak Ridge as well. Okay. But, um, no, the, you know, we as you say, we've got an extensive range, but the way we pick new products to bring in is largely, not totally, but largely in response to individual customer requests. Um, so, for instance, um, the OBQ range was in brought in in direct request yeah. uh, from a customer. Um, on the shipment we've got coming over from the States at the moment that hopefully will be with us by the end of this month. Um, we've got, uh, what have we got in there? we got Georgia sauces coming over. we got Swamp Boys uh, barbecue sauce. Um, we've got Make It Meaty, which was in direct response to a customer respond, uh, request. And we got uh, two gringos, Chupacabra. Um, they're rubs and marinade. Awesome. So... So lots of new so stuff we, we coming in. We just bring over a couple of cases to try it out, yeah. see how it goes, and um, sometimes it works. Most of the time, it does work mm. uh, really well. Um, prime case in point, uh, I can't believe how much meat church stuff we're going through at the moment. Yeah, everyone um, seems to, that's another yeah. one that everyone seems to be talking about, is the meat church yeah. stuff. Yeah, meat church is really good. Um, they're, they're new, well, the most recent they've got is uh, bacon barbecue. Um, which, like most barbecue people, you know, I love my bacon. Um, and that really is nice. Um, but they've also got some, re- you know, right across the board, their holy cow is excellent on yeah. beef. The um, labels are cool as well, aren't they? Like, oh, yeah, just having no, a that, photo that, of them, that, they look good, the don't they? I mean, <laughs> these you know, nuts and stuff like that. I'm trying to explain to the public, you know, how, where are these stupid names, like pig's ass rub, yeah. or <laughs> rub, where they come from. Yeah. Um, and they're always, you know, for most people, they're worth a giggle and all yeah. the rest of it. Um, but I explain that, you know, these are rubs that, for the most part, well, almost solely, they're developed in competitions in the States. Mm. And when a team comes up with a formula that starts winning them, you know, calls and competitions, um, they think, okay, well, maybe we're on a winner here, and that's when they bottle it, give it a silly name, and I import it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... <coughs> There are some there are some really good ranges amongst what we've got, um, and you know there'll be a bit of change based on customer demand over time. You know we'll call the odd line because that hasn't been moving so well, and we'll bring something in as a replacement. Um, I mean the next shipment we get from the states, um, I think I'm going to be looking at bringing in the Victory Lane rubs. Yeah, Lane, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard very good things about I've, the Victory Lane stuff from the states. Yeah, you see again, like in social media, you see a lot about the Victory Lane stuff. A lot of people are posting uh, some really good results uh, with the Victory Lane uh, range. So that'll yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. So won't be this shipment, but the next one we do. And to be perfectly honest, I can't say exactly when that will be yet. But the next shipment, I'm really hopeful we'll have some Victory Lane on there, um, and we'll awesome. probably bring over the entire range. Cool. Um, but the other thing I'm also noticing is a lot of the the bigger suppliers or the you know the well known suppliers over there, um, they're constantly expanding their range. Um, Cosmos Q, for instance, has got about 
three new um, sauces and rubs and injections coming over. Butcher Barbecues just added about four or five more products to their range. Uh, Meat Church has just come out, I think, with three or four um, new injections. So Yeah, I saw that. They've, uh, I think there's three new injections that I saw the other day uh, yeah. Meat Church has, has brought out, which is looking pretty cool. Yeah, and um, people like Big Papa Smokers, um, I have actually haven't loaded it up on the website because they only arrived this week, but um, they've got a new beef injection out, which I think is called, which is called Cattle Prod, um, and they've got a new beef rub, which is Cash Cow. <laughs> um, so those will be going up on the website shortly, but... Um, the other big area that you know we see a lot of movement in, butt rub is still one of our best products. I mean, that's been around the UK for four or five years now. Um, yeah, I think Ty, Ty Mac uh, was saying that that's his, his favorite yeah. still for pork, just in general, yeah. is the butt it rub. Is good. Yeah, it, and, it is good. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. the thing with rubs like that, it is it can be quite a salty rub, but um, as Ed Gash always says, is if it's too salty, you're putting it on too heavy. Mm. Um, but um, it's... I mean, it's it's excellent in that, you know, you put it on lightly, you get flavor. Put it on heavier, you get flavor and heat. Um, there's a few rubs like that that, you know, it works very well. And Santa Maria from Oak Ridge is the same way. It's a very good grill seasoning, but you will get some heat out of it if you put it on fairly heavy. Um, so, yeah, and it's... Well, I'm really a lot going, going on there. The warehouse at the moment, and saying, "Okay, what else have we got?" Yeah. Really interesting. Well, with um, the injections, the Richard. It, sorry, sorry to take you back just to the injections. I've, I've yeah. personally, I've never bought like an injection specifically. Like, do they come as a liquid that you inject, or do you have to mix them up yourself? Or? It varies. Uh, Sweet Smoke Q, they they actually sell bottled injections, which you can dilute as you like, or. I've used them in the past as, uh, you know, as they come. Yeah. Um, but they have uh, what they call um, pork juice and beef juice from Sweet Smoke Q. And Sweet Smoke Q is another very successful team over in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a couple of sources, but it's mainly their injections itself. Those are liquid, but the likes of Butcher's, um, Wicked Q, uh, Cosmo's Q, those are all powdered. Okay. So you basically mix them up um, with you know, either juice or water or whatever else you want to add in them. Um, and um, as I as I learned at the weekend during uh, the Bunch of Swines barbecue class, uh, you got to remember to refrigerate them because it thickens them up. Good I missed that. Uh, I was actually, well, we were both invited up to uh, to do a little bit of recording at, at the, uh, the Bunch of Swines uh, barbecue competition class. And unfortunately, I wasn't very well at the at the weekend and, and just didn't quite make it up, which is a shame. But luckily enough, Ed and Emma have been kind enough to invite us up to the next one, which is in June. So, yeah. is it June? It is in June, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's 25th, 26th of June is the next class. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Seeing all the feedback so far that's been flying in from yeah, everyone well, that attended the, the course. From the course we did last year and this course, this just this gone this weekend has been great. You know, we, we are really stoked with it. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it's a really good two-day course. We had 13 people in the end on the Saturday and 10 for the Sunday. The Saturday is a backyard barbecue class, so that basically covers everything. So, um, and I, I do the organizing for the class whilst Ed and Emma do the teaching, um, which is definitely the proper 
split of responsibilities. <laughs> Don't want to switch around. Instructed <laughs> by me. Um, and um, so, you know, on the, the Saturday, what we tend to go through is, uh, well, it, it's a bit of death by meat in some ways because Ed, Ed cooked 11 different meats on the Saturday. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, and um, <laughs> I was telling everybody, pace yourselves, guys. Yeah. When the first meat came off. They, yeah, when he's they messaging me, did they? They did not. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> when he's messaging me, so, and he's telling me everything that was going to be available. I was like, oh my god, this is yeah, going to you have to wheelbarrow me out. Awesome. <laughs> it really was awesome. So yeah, Ed calls the first day, you know, backyard barbecue. So he's got, you know, it's all his barbecues. So he's got his uh, Yoder pellet smoker, his new one there. Uh, yeah, how are they getting on with that? Sorry? How are they getting on with that? He's learning. It's, it's, it produces some nice goods. Um, yeah. It's a bloody heavy thing, I know. I helped shift it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how they're going to get that uh, around Europe on the on the road. It's going to be a bit of a tough one. Well, he's he's got his trailer now, as I understand it. He'll be able to tell you more about it, but he's got a trailer now. So, uh, But no, the pellet smoker did you know produce some really good stuff, and he's awesome. got a big ceramic egg monolith. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a uh, large and a small WSM. Um, he's got his backwoods. He's got a couple of kettles there. So across the whole range, um, you know, all the different types of barbecue that are available basically on the market, he covers them all during the class. How to set up the fire, how to regulate the temperature. Um, oh, he had an ugly drum smoker as well. Um, so a bit of everything he, there, basically everything. Oh, yeah, you yeah, probably no, he, have covered, he covered yeah. the the full gamut, really, of of all the barbecues that are available there. Awesome. Um, and that that went down well. So you know how to start it, how to control the temperature, you know all the preparation of the different meats. Um, and um, so it, you know the first day is you know watching closely and obviously tasting everything that's coming off, and you know everybody's breaking out in a meat sweat by the end of the day. Um, and then the Sunday is advanced and competition techniques and, uh, Ed and Emma take you through the, the main four meats of KCBS. So, you know, brisket, ribs, um, pork and, uh, chicken and shows you exactly how they prepare them. Um, and there's no one really better for it. I mean, like th- those guys, uh, bunch of swines and, and Miss Piggies are both absolutely smashing it around Europe in the, the KCBS yeah, competitions and even, even in the U S which is awesome to see. They're really, really taking it to them. So there's no well, one really better you can, you can learn from. Oh yeah, indeed. Uh, they really know their stuff. And I mean, you know, Ed's done both Ed and Scott at, uh, Miss Piggy have done extremely well around Europe and the States. But, uh, I think Ed's, seventh place overall in the american royal last year is just phenomenal yeah that was the kansas city one wasn't it oh that's like the, mm. the big one mm. um, yeah yeah and you know i think he'd done very well like 12th or something like that previously in the american royal and i think the americans put it down as a bit of a fluke but i'm sorry going back <laughs> again and getting seventh hey that ain't no fluke yeah. you know um, that's phenomenal it's yeah. great work yeah. then grow stock they're like grand champion yeah. How many years have they been doing that? <laughs> well, they're, they're not doing... I understand they're giving everybody else a chance this year. They're not doing <laughs> yeah. Girl Stock. But uh, they, I think they were grand champion at Girl Stock for the last four years, is yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Fair enough as well, because uh, I was speaking to... Uh, well, we were both speaking to uh, John for Girl Stock. They had 130 teams apply mm. this year, so mm. it's incredible to hear that many 130. teams. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That yeah. is really positive. Yeah. Oh, I'm really pleased to hear that. It's a shame, that. really, that there's not, not much more going... I mean, obviously, we've got the big meat... Uh, there's not like a real 
a real load of uh, competitions available in the UK. So, so hopefully that will change over the next uh, couple of years. There'll be some more yeah. events for them to compete at. But yeah, uh, John was saying they had about 130 teams apply, and they tried getting yeah. some more space to accommodate everyone, but just got as just, much as they can get now. Yeah, it just wasn't possible in, in that in that location, which is yeah, yeah. The problem, I mean, you know, Grillstock in Bristol has got a really good location. Yes, yeah, you awesome. know, right on the harbour side. Um, you know, good parking, good transport, all the rest of it. I, I tend to agree. I mean, it's a pity they can't sort of move it into the minimal middle of Millennium Square or something like that. But you're dealing with Bristol City Council there, so uh, yeah, hands are tied. Explains a certain amount. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a shame that you know there is such limitations on. But I, I haven't heard that 130 separate teams had applied. I think that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, it just shows um, how how popular it's becoming. It really is, and um, see when they started out, they were kind of scraping together friends and family to make up the teams, and now there's yeah, yeah, so many you know. they can't fit them all in. And the other, the other thing I love when I when I see a competition like Grillstock or elsewhere, or you know, Q on the Canal a couple of years ago, and things like that, is that you you know there may be one main person of that team or whatever, but now if you you know hey you want a bit of experience, come down and work with us, mm, yeah, you know, definitely. for the weekend. Um, and, you know, the teams are really supportive across each other for the most part. Um, oh, bugger, I forgot that or whatever. And, yeah. oh, no, here, have ours or yeah. use ours, but bring it back. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a really good community. Um, it's it's one of the regrets I have about the likes of, um, you know, Grillstock, because Grillstock is just so busy for us. I don't get a chance to go around really and speak to the teams and spend time with them as I would like. Um, to get someone else running your stall, you can get out. Yeah, from I'm it. working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll pop but, over um, and chat because we're we're both up there yeah. for, for the whole weekend, so we'll uh, we'll pop over and see you definitely. Yeah, Dan oh, can run the stall yeah, for yeah. you. Well, <laughs> the, the thing I usually have, the problem I usually have at Girl Stock is literally they are three deep at my stand, yeah. and I start my spiel, and then one level works walks away, and the next they just sort of move forward in echelons and it never yeah. ends. <laughs> not repeat, that I'm complaining. Repeat, I'm not repeat. complaining at all. But uh, put it this way, I'm making arrangements so I can see the headliner act on Sunday at Grillstock this yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the whole area of barbecue is just, I, I just love it and I love the people that are in it and it's just really taking off well. Um, and it's a really friendly, you know, fun community. Um yeah, we found that it's just like they just—it's like an open arms community. Like all these people just come in, and, and then like it's like your best friends before you know it. All these people, everyone's so kind, everyone's so yeah. open to share. There's none of this like sort of closed doors. Oh yeah, no, I want to don't want to share any of my secrets with you. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. openness, and and it's great. It's it's great to to see something develop like this in in this way. Yeah, yeah, and you know anybody, you know my reaction or my. My observation is, particularly when I'm at a retail show, for instance, if you know something like the Bath and West show, um, and we don't, we you know, whenever we're at a show other than Girl Stock, where you're preaching to the converted, um, you know, we tend to cook samples, very simple. We just use you know chicken thigh fillets and we sprinkle them with a rub and cook them on an electric Weber grill. Um, that's all we're allowed to use in most yeah, of yeah. the locations. And um, what you know. The, peop- the, pump- the public walk by and they say, what the heck's this? Well, just try a bit. And I just love watching the expressions on their faces <laughs> when they taste it. Um, and pe- particularly the kids. The kids are amazing to watch. 
Um, oh, awesome. And, well, to be perfectly honest, sometimes they can be a pain because <laughs> they keep coming back for more. Yeah, more, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's been a couple of shows that I sort of see them, you know, sort of 50 meters away as they're herring back down at us for more more chicken. I say, go away, use. <laughs> but, uh, no, You've had your share. They're, they're good as gold, but, you know, you can see the parents, oh, my God, we found something this kid will eat. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I, you know, in a large part of what we were trying to promote and all the rest of it is that, you know, barbecue is one thing, and yes, you know, let's face it, the weather in this country is not the best always for barbecue. Um, but, you know, rubs in particular can be used year-round. They were, you know, maybe not quite as well as a good low-and-slow charcoal WSM smoker or whatever, but they work perfectly well and more than, you know, lovely. You know, cooked under an electric grill in the middle of winter when it's honking down with rain and snow. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's, uh, a, it's a seasoning, a flavoring. Yeah. So, like, you can get it's that flavor. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you say it in your slogan, you get that flavor all year round. And you can do yeah. And you can do it yeah. where, however you want to do it. I mean, yeah, we, we barbecue all year round, and we're out there all year round. Yeah. But if you don't want to be, you can still get these flavors. I still use my rubs just in other things I'm cooking in the yeah. kitchen anyway. If yeah. I'm oh, yeah, di- doing something else, it's just a nice flavor you're going to add to a different thing you're cooking exactly, this yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, you know, some... You know, just on steaks and things like that. It adds a whole new dimension. You know, yeah. cooked under an electric grill or in an agar or whatever. Um, and the other the other thing that, you know, I've found, you know, there's still a lot of products I haven't tried yet, but I have tried quite a few of them. And, um, you know, a certain rub may be said, right, this is a beef rub. Well, don't believe that. Try it on chicken. Yeah. Try it on, you know, veggies. Um, and quite often you'll find some amazing flavor combinations. Um, you know, it really is a case of experiment. It's and again, you can mix rubs as well. You can, oh, you yeah, can take a yeah. bit of this and a bit of that and mix them together and, and yeah. get a completely different flavor profile, which is, which is awesome. It's all about trying it down to your taste. So even like you were saying about using, like, for instance, using a teaspoon or a tablespoon of a rub, like it gives you different flavor profiles and makes things come out a bit more. But, also, at the same time, you take a teaspoon of this and a teaspoon of a different one and you mix them together. Mm. Again, you've got a completely different flavor profile again. and it's add them to a sauce or gravy yeah. or something like that. You can yeah. really do anything with these flavors. And again, like when, when I make burgers and stuff, I quite often put like a rub in the, in the burger mix mm-hmm. yeah. as well and then, and then sprinkle it on the outside. And then again, like when I'm actually constructing the burger... And like sprinkle a little bit of the the dry rub or like again pulled pork. Mm. I rub the outside of the pulled pork, put it in, and then when I'm serving it, a bit of that dry rub actually goes back into the roll mm. when I'm serving mm. it. And it's like yep. it's all these different flavors and different layers of flavoring things, and and it all comes out a bit different. Yeah, and um, you know most people this this is the the thing is most people are totally unaware of that. Um, so you know, and there's there's other applications. I mean. Most of these rubs, not all by any means, but most of these rubs are, you know, less than five calories a serving. Mm. I mean, if you know anybody who's on Slimmer's World or Weight Watchers or anything like that, where they're basically living off skinless, skinless chicken breast for the rest of their lives. At least it can I be mean, tasty skinless the, chicken breast. Exactly. These are the things that you can put on with no penalty points, I think they call them, at all to, you know... Provide a bit of variety and perk up your culinary life. Um, it's there's all sorts of aspects to it. Yeah, I think you've even um, got like a whole market in itself just there. Oh, indeed, it's huge. It's huge, and um, you know, there's 
I, I find new areas trying it. Um, I'm amazed also how much we're we're starting to see people really getting into the good sources. Um, you know, things like Blues Hog, where we've got three pallet loads coming over on this shipment, the amount we're selling now. Um, and that's catering. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of these restaurants are starting to say, hey, we need a decent barbecue sauce. Well, yeah, you can get all sorts of sauces that people say are barbecue, but, you know, you you take Blues Hog Original and Tennessee Red and mix it, I don't know, 60-40, 50-50, something like that. You've got a totally different profile of sauce, and I can tell you it's gorgeous. Mm. Wow, uh, sounds awesome. Ab- yeah. Absolutely delicious. Um, so we're moving on a lot of Blues Hog now, um, which I'm really pleased about. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's keeping up with demand. I mean, we're—I think we're down to two jars right now. Really? <laughs> that's one for right. me and one for Ben. <laughs> get these in the basket quickly. Original and one Tennessee red, and that's it. You know, <laughs> till this next shipment arrives, which is a pain. Yeah. But, so, um, for you, are, are there any like uh, what for you are the biggest underestimated rubs or sauces? Do you have any like the that you stock that you feel are, are amazing, but that aren't quite being ordered as much as as the rest of them? I would say the one, the one range that I really do like, and I think they're amazing, but I, I, I have to be honest, they're not cheap because they're not cheap to us. Yeah. And that's the Dizzy Pig range. Okay. Dizzy Pig, I mean, I reckon they're raising the stakes, spelled, stakes spelled S-T-A-K-S. Yeah. Um, sorry, S-T-E-A-K-S, um, is just the most amazing steak rub. Um, I, it's, it's my absolute favorite at the moment. And I do keep trying others and all the rest of it. Santa Maria from Oak Ridge used to be mine, but, um, I've had to be upfront and say, sorry, no, raising the stakes has taken over. It's a gorgeous rub. Um, but they've got so many, you know, really good, um, flavors right through there. They're, um, cowlick, um, steak and brisket rub. Um, you've got Red Eye Express, which has got a real strong hint of coffee in it. Um, there's that. That's a really good range that I don't think people fully appreciate. But it it is a premium range, and unfortunately, it comes with a slightly premium price compared to the others. Yeah, no, it's it's the thing is is that people are willing to pay for good quality products, and that and that is yeah. What's, I think that's what's becoming very apparent in in the world we live in now is that people want good quality everything, and yeah. And especially with what we're eating, everyone wants to know the, the full story and, and they want to know about where it all comes from and everything yeah. like that. So they're willing to pay for a good quality product. So, so stuff like the Dizzy Pig range is, is something that I'm sure people, people will be very into. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's growing, but it's, as I say, the, the price point is a bit of a problem, but I, I absolutely love that range. Well, maybe now uh, they've heard it from heard it from uh, the man himself that it's, it's a great one. They'll, they'll get ordering. Mm. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. But um, let me see. What else have we got here? It's a good one. There's oh, a pineapple the, the head. There's one. Sorry, say again? One of the dizzy pigs called pineapple head. Yeah, no, that, that one is a favorite of mine, too. I should have mentioned that. Mm, um, that sounds it, really good, because I make a pineapple aware, upside down cake. As far as I'm aware, it's the first ever dessert rub. Mm. I've never, yeah, yeah, well, I've never seen a dessert rub. That's, that's a new for me as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. intrigued by um, this one. This thing is designed that what you do is you basically take pineapple head, and you sprinkle it on slices of fresh pineapple and then grill them. Mm. And I'll tell you what, on a, you know, with a nice vanilla ice cream, 
it's absolutely gorgeous. I think the simplicity of pineapple on the grill is, is that I mean, that's like one of the most overlooked. That is just delicious anyway. So I mm-hmm. imagine with this as well, I mean, that could be a completely new element to it. So uh, yeah, I mean, you can taste you can taste you know some spices like there's a bit of cinnamon, nutmeg, and pineapple head, but there's also a bit of chili. Yeah, well, chili and pineapple um, goes together really well. Yeah. And uh, the two really work together well. Mm. And, um, you know, complemented by, you know, in my view, a good vanilla ice cream. Um, oh, we're going to be bankrupt by the end of this interview. Yeah, I've, got, just, I've got four, <laughs> I've got yeah, four so things in my cart so really. far. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've um, got to get this. Uh, I've got to try this on my, in my pineapple upside down cake. This could add like, a whole, ooh, whole new dimension that. to that. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. You're quite right. Yeah. I think that would be absolutely awesome, a pineapple dunk cake. Yeah, that's definitely... I've, I've got four different things in my cart so far. <laughs> now, yeah, cool. I've just, uh, I've just moved on to the accessories page now. There's some like quite interesting-looking things in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the accessories side of things, what we're trying to bring over from the States is the stuff that is not already available here in the UK, in the UK and Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that has got, you know, a really good reputation. Um, yes, we're bringing in a, a series of, well, it's going to be on this next shipment, it's going to be even more different flavors of uh, wood pellets, you know, solid, pure wood pellets. Um, we've got about, I think, six or eight at the moment, but there's another five coming in, including things like pepperwood, I think it is, and corn cob. Um, so there's some more pellets there. Uh, we've got another type of uh, smoker, more like the maize, the box maize okay, smoker, cool. uh, coming in from Amazon. We've got their um, 12-inch um, Amazon smoker tube that you can just ah, stick on yeah. a gas on a gas barbecue, um, or even a you know a charcoal one. Um, but it holds the pellets while you're smoking with it. Um, we brought a couple of things that I saw and really liked when I saw it was over at the Kansas City barbecue store. Um, things like pigtails, um, which are an easy, a very good way of just flipping meat on the barbecue. Um, but those haven't been available. And the other thing was jacquard um, tenderizer knives, mm-hmm. um, oh, which, awesome. which Ed uses in competitions to, to get the bite through skin. Um, so mm. we, we brought those over. And the other thing that Ed loves us for at the moment is we brought over a whole pile of disposable chopping boards. Okay. Um, he swears by them. I mean, he went through, well, nearly one and a half boxes over the weekend. <laughs> um, but you pull out a new one, use it, dispose of it before the next course. You know, fantastic for food hygiene. But Ed and Emma swear by them because they just, you know, you don't have any washing up of boards. Yeah. You know, I suppose when you're in a competition, though, or something like exactly. that, a high-paced environment, you don't want to be cleaning up and wiping down boards and this and mm. that. So, yeah, exactly. flip a board, chuck it in the bin, new board out, done. And yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. What are they made from, Richard? Uh, well, they're like plasticized paper is the best way of describing it, I think. Okay. Um, but there's 30 in a box. And, um, yeah, I mean, next time you're speaking with them, they'll, they'll tell you about them. But they swear by them. And mm. they've said, look, you know, the teams, once the word, you know, the competition teams, once the word gets out um, that, you know, we've got them, they will sell. Yeah. And we're starting to see that. Um, that, you know, but they swear by them. Um, cool. They really awesome. do. So, you know, the accessories, uh, yeah, we're trying to, you know, be careful there. There's a couple of little things we're looking at, like um, 
tell true um, thermometers, you know, really good quality bimetal thermometers for, uh, well, that can be used for WSMs, um, backwoods, smokers, but highly accurate, really good. And I mean, the reputation-wise, they, they oh, in my eyes, and what I, from what I read and stuff, got the best reputation in the yeah. world, really, for the, uh, yeah. like, your lid thermometers and stuff like that. They're, they're exactly. stuff sort of as, next as to bi- bimetallic, you know, lid thermometers, they're very, very good. Yeah. Um, Ed was telling me at the weekend he wants to get a, you know, a five-inch glow-in-the-dark version. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly um, what I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, with him. Um, well, when you're trying to do, you know, put something on at two in the morning, I can see why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a head torch for that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's just cheating. That yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Um, What's the speedy, mar- like the speedy Plus Marinator? Yeah, that? I've that- tried that, and it really works quite well. Yeah. Um, it, was some- it was something I thought, oh, that's fascinating. Um, and just brought over a single case. We've sold a few, Hmm. but I tried one myself, and I'm really quite impressed with it. It's basically a plastic box that you put your meat in, whatever um, marinade or you want to put in, you know, um, as a liquid over it, and then using a bit of a hand pump like you would pump out a vacuum inside a wine bottle, you just pump out all the air. Ah, cool. And it makes a vacuum inside the jar which sort of forces the marinade into the meat mm. um i've tried it a couple of times and it really works quite well i mean you're not talking about having to marinate it overnight 24 hours 12 hours whatever it's almost instantaneous wow well wow. that's so, really interesting um, yeah i'd love to try quite often out. i'm like oh yeah I've, I've got it and i'm like i haven't got i buy something on the way home mm. and really i would have liked to have marinated it overnight and don't have a chance so something like that yeah. would be absolutely epic for yeah, and it's, you know, it's very clean and all the rest of it, but um, it's just really, it just, it's a vacuum box that whatever liquid you've got, um, it helps the, the marinade penetrate into the meat. Awesome. Yeah, I'd definitely to try that out. I do like a butter chicken recipe and I often mm. have to like leave that overnight to really get the full potential out of it, but the yeah. kids will yeah. often go like, can we have it tonight? And I'm like, oh, it's not as good <laughs> if I just do it tonight, but that, that might make it possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much, well, covering most of what we're doing. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. We're doing a lot of bone-sucking stuff. Um, I think we're the only people in the UK carrying the full range of bone-sucking products. Yeah. Um, few places have got, you know, their original sauce or whatever, but uh, we, we carry things like the yaki sauce. And uh, actually, the biggest people we sell the yaki stuff is the Italians, believe it or not. Mm. Um, they seem to really like the yaki, the bone sucking yaki sauce. Okay. Um, it's interesting to to hear that that like the different regions like prefer different stuff, and mm. but I suppose yeah. it's down to taste, isn't personal taste, the regional tastes and stuff. But you go all over, and there's, there's they use different seasonings and stuff like that. I've mm. heard that the flavor profiles in the competitions in the Europe scenes and and the stuff that you see being cooked around is is a lot different to to what to what we're doing or, or to what America's doing even, which is which is cool to hear. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, people are using it in different ways. Um, I, I also think that, you know, if you see the, okay, you've got the four core meats of brisket, pork, ribs, and chicken. But I also quite, I'm quite fascinated at times to see what people do on the chef's choice or the, you know, the extra round, whatever they want to call it, um, the sides round, 
because uh, you're really you're really starting to see some creativity in that area as to what people are doing. Um, yeah, people and, are really you know, achieving some like really gourmet, real sort of high end sort of food from from the barbecue, oh, which is awesome to see. It's great to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've seen some absolutely beautiful lamb coming off. Um, you know, in in competitions, I've seen. Um, uh, you know, venison, I think, and I know it's a strong meat, or it can be a strong meat, depending where you get it, but I think that's a highly underrated meat for barbecue. I know there's not much fat in it, but I think there's ways you could really do a nice job on a barbecue with venison. Um, Definitely agree. We don't think there's anything you can't do a good job on on the barbecue, to be honest. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And um, so it's it's a, it's a growing area, um, and... I, I think, you know, we're going to see barbecue, real barbecue in the UK, just going streets and bounds, you know, just racing ahead over the next three to five years. Um, I think we will, as you said earlier, I think we will see more competitions being set up. Um, it's, you know, setting up a competition is one of the things that I certainly want to look into at some stage for, you know, basically we'll, Barbecue Gourmet would run a, a competition at some stage. In oh, the wow. That, that'd be uh, how really long, cool. How long that takes to get up, I can't say at the moment with everything <laughs> else that's going on. But it's it's certainly on my um, to be considered and to do list. Um, and I think you know, compared to Europe, yes, we you know we in the UK need to be doing a bit more uh, towards you know more competitions will mean you know more opportunities for the you know I'm amazed that 130 teams to compete. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's, you know, it, it means more sponsorship, but I think also, I think the word's starting to get out in the United States that Europe is starting to take off. Mm. Um, you know, they are seeing more and more teams from Europe, you know, Miss Piggy, you know, bunch of swines with that enamel. Heading over Uh, to their own home soil and, and, and doing so well. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of, you know, several of my American suppliers have said to me, when are you guys getting, you know, another competition over in England? Because we'd love to come over for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, good, yeah. Even stuff know, like the World Burger Championships and stuff, we're seeing like some of our teams going over there to Vegas and, and smashing it over there, which is which is yeah. awesome as well. So more yeah. than just the, the, the standard barbecue ones as well, you've got like the like the other parts of it as well, which, which teams in the UK are going over and doing so well in, which is awesome. Yeah. And you got to I mean, like, uh, going back to the, the chef's choice, I just saw yesterday the Shank Brothers uh, from, from Oz uploaded uh, a photo of their chef's choice they did. And it was it looked awesome. So it's like a Tasmanian double brie with uh, soaked figs, toasted pecans, and uh, a smoked honey. And it, it just looked Ooh. absolutely phenomenal. It looked, at, it looked so, so like... It looked like something you get in a in like a Michelin star restaurant or something it looked fantastic and they smoked it on like a, a like a small cedar cedar plank it looks mm. like it looked really good so I mean okay. like stuff like that's just massively exciting it's just great to see people really like pushing the boat out and, and, and trying new things I've heard very good things as to how well the Australian Australian is taking off with it yeah it's uh, massive there now it's just becoming like yeah awesome I was listening to Jess Prills well, talk about it and she was basically like uh they have a little bit more freedom, I believe, mm. over there with with their four categories. It's it's like a beef category, and you can hand in whatever, w- whatever style of beef you want to hand in. So that could be brisket, yeah. rib, like a- anything else you want to do, really. So mm. now so, it, it yeah. sounds good. 
And I, I think the other thing, the other trend that's interesting to watch is the number. If you if you're watching what they're up to on um, you know Twitter or Facebook or whatever, is the number of you know fairly big prominent barbecue stars from the states that are basically traveling all over the world to do barbecue classes. Yeah, I mean Harry Sue um, from Slappy Daddy. He was over in I think Singapore what a yeah. month ago. Um, I think it's Chris Marks from Three Little Pigs Barbecue. He's been down in Australia giving classes. Um, there's a lot of them starting to travel. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Awesome to see it just going so worldwide and, and then to the to the point where actually the demand's there for people to be doing stuff like that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. And there's some, you know, the other thing I find interesting is that there seems to be more and more associations, governing bodies, whatever you want to call it, whether it's WBQ, you know, World Barbecue Association, WBQA, IQBN, um, you know, you still got Kansas City Barbecue Society, of course, um, the European Barbecue Championship or EBCC, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people trying to, to organize things and maybe slight variations on the rules um, on different competitions, but bottom line is they're all producing barbecue and it's all edible. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's cool to have the different different rules and different types of competition there. I think that's a really cool thing it gives a bit of variety. It gives oh, maybe it like, again, yeah. like maybe some people might not quite be into the sort of standard uh, for for cooks from like the KCBS comp, so it's quite nice that maybe another competition is doing it in a different way that they they're more into. So yeah, I I really like the 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 fact that there are like all these different things happening and and, and going on. It's exciting times. Yeah, I mean, my my per- personally, what I'd like to see from the point of view of originality, and this is purely a personal opinion, um, is maybe a few more competitions where the meats that are cooked are not dictated beforehand at all. I People can put whatever they like in. It's got to be cooked low and slow on a barbecue or smoker, whatever. But, you know, effectively, a chef's choice competition. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and, you know, you could, you could, I think you could change the formula and say, okay, well, over the course of this competition, you're going to do three courses, a starter, a main, and a dessert. Yeah, and see what comes out of that. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of what I did when I was creating the Great British Barbecue off. We yeah. tried to push it in a different direction a bit, and that yeah, we wanted to on steer the final. away from US barbecue yeah. a little bit and just keep it more more British focused. Yeah. And they like the final episode, which hasn't been released yet. That's that is literally that. It's a start our main course and dessert. So okay, well I'm looking see, forward to seeing that. Yeah, you'll one. see that coming up soon. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so. You know, it's, it's, I, I, you know, one of the things I love about barbecue is that, you know, okay, fine. Yes, we've got our regional differences, just as they've got their regional differences within the United States. But overlying it all worldwide is, let's face it, we all love smoked meat. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not just a regional thing. It's also, you know, a worldwide thing. No, and where, uh, where do we go if, if we just say, yeah, that's the best it can be? That is the only way you can do stuff, and and that is it. Like where where does something go from there? Nowhere well, it dies. So it's it's no, like you've got to does. you've got to give it like the this. I don't know, just like the freedom to experiment, and it's it's really exciting to see. Yeah, no, I agree absolutely. It's you know I think there's lots of potential and all the rest of it, but you know let's face it, mankind's been 
of grilling meat for thousands, if not yep. millennia, um, you know, of years. Um, and, you know, hey, we've got to be doing some sort of mm -hmm. uh, innovation along the ways. Otherwise, we all be very bored with, <laughs> you know, burnt meat. Um, so, no, I don't think there's, you know, there's ever going to be an end to this. And, no, no. Um, it's, I think it's exciting times for us all ahead. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, well, we are just approaching the uh, the hour mark, so I am oh, actually cool. going to step in. I and quick. Yeah, it does, though. It's, it's, it's crazy, because, like, we, I mean, again, we're all doing what we love doing, talk about barbecue, but that's something we always say is that actually that hour just flies by. Yeah. We actually have. struggle to keep it in. Like yeah. we're, we're just like <laughs> could just keep going all day. I think. Yeah, like, I'm like watching the clock reach the hour. And I'm like, oh my oh god, no. I'm gonna have to step in now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Richard. No, thank you very much indeed for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, John. Guys, and um, keep up the good work. I'm, you know, I love listening to your podcasts and um, you know your video casts as well. Thank you very um, much. Keep, keep, keep it going. Um, keep us supplied you're, you're, with good you're barbecue. Doing a great job <laughs> of spreading the word. Spreading the word. Um, yeah, I'll provide the ingredients. You guys do the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Richard. It's been a pleasure right, having you on, guys. and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, we'll do. Take care. Cheers. A lot. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We have yeah, recorded. I put it down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. We have recorded yet another awesome podcast to get over hump day. As always, we're brought to you by ProQ and Barbecue Gourmet and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top-notch winning barbecue rubs and sauces and marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness and you provide the talent. So if you are looking to uh, looking to get some wood chunks, dust, chips or planks or even a lot more stuff, head over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at Smokewood Shack. So goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. See you next time. Cheers.